a very good day to you. My name is Apostle Timmy Evans, the Senior Pastor of Grace Grand Christian Center, Accra, Ghana. You have come to the hub of spiritual upliftment, where your spirit and your soul will be lifted with undiluted word of God and spirit-filled worship. Continue to listen to enjoy today's episode. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for yet another new day, a day of favor, a day of blessing. We appreciate you for everything that you are taking us through, for the mercy that you have poured out on us. Lord, I bless you for frustrating every works of darkness. Thank you for the light that you have shown. in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, I commit this day into your hands. I pray that you pour out your favor. I pray that you pour out your blessing upon us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I declare and I decree that this is a day of blessing. It's a day of favor in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Lift up your voice and begin to appreciate the name of the Lord. Appreciate the name of the Lord. Say, my Father, cover me with a garment of favor today. My Father, cover me with a garment of favor. Cover me with a garment of favor. In the mighty name of Jesus, cover me with a garment of favor today. My Father, cover me with a garment of favor today. In the name of Jesus, cover me, Lord. Pray, pray, pray. That is the only prayer we are praying this morning. As I step out, as I step into my business, as I step into my work, as I step into whatever I do, Father, cover me with your garment of favor. Cover me with your garment of favor. In the name of Jesus. Cover me with your garment of favor today. In the name of Jesus. Father, cover me, Lord. Cover me, Lord. Cover me, Lord, with your garment of favor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Cover me with your garment of favor. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Since the beginning of this week, we have been examining the life of some Bible characters looking at their experiences to see the kind of lesson we can learn from them. They were the pace setter of this walk with God. And it is always very good if you are walking on a path to also try as much as possible to look into the life of those who have walked those paths before you and see what you can learn from them, see the, the lesson you can pick from them. Today we are looking at the life of Apostle Paul, one of the greatest men of his time. Apostle Paul wrote almost all the books in the New Testament majority of the Christian doctrine 
that we follow today were penned down by the Apostle Paul. He had revelations. He had an encounter with Christ. Even though he was not one of the Apostles, even though he was not one of the disciples of Christ, he became an Apostle by the virtue of divine manifestation of Christ to him. He first became blind during the persecution of the believers. He was sponsoring the people who were going house to house to look for the Christians to be killed. Then he had an encounter with Christ. His salvation was revelational, was prophetic. From there he matured to becoming one of the important element of this gospel you will agree with me that most of the new testament is written by him the same man who bent down most of the doctrine that we are following today when it comes to doctrine of marriage when it comes to how people should relate in the church, everything about the doctrine, majority of the doctrine that we follow today as a church was inspired by God and written down through Apostle Paul. With the enormous revelations and encounter that Apostle Paul had, one we say his life was void of problems. One we say his life was void of challenges. There is this question that a lot of people always ask in the Christendom. Why does the Christian suffer too much? Why would God allow a Christian to go through challenges? Why would God allow a Christian to suffer persecution? Why would God allow his church to be burnt down by the unbelievers? Why would Christ allow a church service to be invaded by government and the student was shot and he didn't even show up to save them. Why would God allow a pastor to die in sickness? Why would God allow a believer to die in penury? Sometimes why would God look like it's not fair the people that are faithfully serving him. I want you to understand something today that the truth the truth is always associated with pain. Put down down in your note. The truth just come to 
our current world. Let's say you are a man or a woman of integrity. You are a man and a woman of integrity. You know that integrity is valuable. Integrity is to your own honor. A good name is better than silver and gold. That's what the word of God says. You know that even we have unbelievers that have integrity. The Indians, it is believed that when you employ them, they will not steal from you because of integrity. But we consider them unbelievers because they are not, majority of them are not Christians. Majority of them are Hinduist or Buddhist. But they have integrity. You can commit your business in their hands and you will not have problem. So let's say you are a Christian who is a man or a woman of integrity. Then you find yourself in the midst of corrupt officials. Your boss is corrupt. Your immediate boss is corrupt. The MD is corrupt. Your subordinates are corrupt. The salesmen, they are corrupt. Everybody from the top down, they are stealing from the owner of the company. Among all these people, you are the only one with the truth. You are the only one with integrity. And when they steal, they bring your own portion. You reject it. When they steal, they bring your own cut. You reject it. Immediately they begin to feel threatened. And all of them will channel their negative energy towards your truth. Because you are the truth in that place of work. You become an enemy of everybody. And then you come under heavy attack. They can even cook up lies against you to eliminate you from that place because you are a threat to their corruption. You are being attacked for holding on to the truth. In most cases, God may not show up for you because the truth itself is your vindication. Because time will tell. By the time they eliminated you from that place of work, you may pray for God to expose them. God may step in. You may pray for God to show you mercy. God may step in. And he may not even step in. You may end up getting sacked from that place. That truth becomes your own test of faith. That truth becomes the sacrifice you will make for your integrity. Whatever it is that you are doing for your integrity is worth it. And the truth is worth holding on to in order to keep your name. You are, you are defending your name. You are defending your integrity. And you got to make that sacrifice. So the truth always comes with sacrifice. So if you want to follow God, if you want to work with God, you have to do it with this awareness that it is not every time you stand for the truth that God will defend you. 
because the truth in itself is your defense. We saw in the life of Apostle Paul who was holding on to the truth of the word of God and he shared some of his experiences in his journey of preaching the gospel, speaking the truth, holding on to integrity, pursuing the, the, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shared his experience with us. And I want to share his experience with us this morning to see what we can learn from those experiences. You see, many times when we find ourselves in the challenges of life, at that moment, a lot of people consider us to be a failure. And sometimes we might even consider ourselves to be a failure. But the fact is that God will always come in. God will always come in. And when it comes in, whatever we have been through, we look like we have not even been through anything. That is how it works. Open your Bible with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's look at the life of the prolific writer of the scriptures. Most of the scriptures we are reading today. The most learned apostle. Let's go down to verse 16. He said, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. I'm reading the NIV version. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord will, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the word does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools, since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or put on hairs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? so am I. Are they Israelite? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder. Yes, and he's telling the truth. He has worked much harder for Christ. He Paul is the reason why we Gentiles are able to receive the gospel. It is Paul that God used to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. The gospel will have stayed with the the Israelites alone. And we would have still been wallowing in our idolatry and perishing our sin. Whatever anyone else does to boast about, yes, I've read that one. Let's go to the place where he started naming some of the things he has suffered. This is an apostle that his aprons, his shadow, heals the sick. He has the anointing. He has the power to command angels. He has the unction 
to move God to action. But that still doesn't stop him from suffering for the truth that he believes in. Verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder. I have been in prison more frequently. I have been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. That is 39 lashes five times. Take your pen, write 39 times five. Calculate that one. How many lashes of Cain is that? What were they beating him for? They were beating him for speaking the truth. For holding on to the truth. For talking about his truth. For saying that Jesus is the son of God. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from the rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and I have often gone without sleep. Take note of that. Paul is giving account of his suffering as a Christian. So if you are facing persecution, if you are having suffering in your personal relationship with God, you are dealing with joblessness, you are dealing with lack, you are dealing with discrimination. You are dealing with hatred. People hate you for no just cause because you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you are the one that is always very open to do anything in the church, to move the church, to grow the church. You are the one getting the attention of the pastor because you are committed to everything that you are doing for God. Don't be discouraged because of this hatred that is coming against you it is part of the journey it is part of the journey it is part of what you receive that is your cross it is part let's continue I have been in danger from rivers in danger from bandits in danger from my fellow Jews in danger from Gentiles in danger in the city in danger in the country in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. Take note of that. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Listen to me. This is the man who said, For God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Does it mean that God doesn't supply needs? There are times 
that when we face persecution, we will pray, God may respond and it may not respond because the persecution, the problem we are facing is the price of our greatness. There is a crown that is waiting for you that you are working for and what you are facing right now is the price you pay for that crown. God, why didn't you prevent me from going through persecution? Why did you prevent me from being confronted by bandit? Why didn't you prevent the persecution that is coming against me from my family members because I have left idolatry, I want to follow you. Why? It is the price you pray, you pay for the greatness that is waiting for you. This greatness is two. One will happen on earth and one in heaven when we are no more here. That greatness that is waiting for you, maybe in a few years to come, that greatness could be a massive compensation of marriage. It could be a blessing of financial breakthrough. It could be a blessing of open heavens. It could be a blessing of anointing for you to pull crowd to God and raise destinies. Whatever you are going through right now is the price you pay for that great destiny that is waiting for you ahead. You don't pray for God to save you from paying the price because sometimes when you ask God for relief from persecution, it's like you are praying to avoid your reward that is waiting for you in the future. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. He considered everything that he went through as the price he needed to pay for the price for the mark of the highest calling of Christ in God. Who, listen to verse, verse 27 very well. I have labored and toiled and I have often gone without sleep. He doesn't sleep. Sometimes me too, I don't sleep. Since we started claim the day, sometimes I have to wake up as early as 3 a.m. to record. And it's been like that. Today is the 186 days of that. And it's been like that since the 1st of January this year. And it is for the gospel. It is for the work of God. So that the life of people can be closer to God. It is a price I have to pay for the greatness that God has promised me, whether on earth or in heaven. Whatever you do in the house of God, whatever persecution you face, as you are defending the truth, you can't pray for God to deliver you from it. Because persecution, rejection, discriminations are price you have to pay for the greatness that God wants to give you in your ministry and the blessing and the crown that is waiting for you in heaven. I have been cold and naked. Meaning, he had, there, has, there, there has been a time in his life that he had no clothes to wear. There was a time in his life that his clothes were worn out and he had no money to buy a new one. 
if you are the type who complains god you are not fed to me i've been wearing the same clothes i've been wearing for the past five years eh, god i'm not going to serve you again because i don't have money to buy clothes this apostle paul who has been going who was naked who was naked and he's always in code because he doesn't have blankets to even cover himself but he kept on going he kept on going he doesn't allow his feet to shake because he doesn't have clothes to wear. He kept on going. He kept on going. That is why God considered him to be worthy. He invited him to a place where he gave him deeper revelations. Let's continue. Beside everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? and I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. What does this mean? What Paul is saying is that if you feel weak, it will have been weak. It will have been weak. Pastors too feel weak. There are times that we get tired. There are times that we are drawn into temptations. And you just burn inwardly. You just fight it inside. You want to get angry. You want to fight. You want to punch somebody's face for insulting you. You swallow the anger and you let it burn inside of you. And then you let it go because you are trying to, to avoid committing sin. What I, I said earlier in the beginning of this series that men of God, what happened to other people happened to us. We eat the same food that you people eat. We sleep the same way everybody sleeps. If we don't sleep, we have the same health issue other people have. Doesn't mean that God is not on our side. Pastors die on pulpit. Pastors die in, a, in accident trying to go and do missionary work. Pastors go hungry and nobody even care. Because they assume that oh he's a pastor, he's supposed not to ask anybody for he's supposed not to ask anybody to help him. God is his helper. You pray for people, God will open doors for them, and they see you that you are dealing with stuff, they will not even mind you. It is part of the sacrifice, it is part of the price you have to pay for the mark of the highest calling. Don't complain if you are going through such things. Oh, upon everything I'm doing in the church, nobody even appreciates me. You are not doing it for anybody to appreciate you. You are doing it for the price, the mark of the highest calling. That is in Christ Jesus, the crown that will be given to you when you get home. And there is a way God glorifies his people on earth. And that day of glory is coming. You will experience it on earth before you go home. Everybody is talking about Apostle Joshua Sema. I listen to him. He's somebody I follow. Everybody is talking about him. Have you asked yourself, where has he been? Where is he coming from? Your last year, he, he came to the limelight. This year, everybody is still talking about him because he's consistent. It is not today. He's been like that since the beginning of his ministry. He's been talking the same thing. He's been speaking the same thing. He's been a revivalist since the day one that God called him. Nobody knows him. But do you know that the 
sacrifice the consistency the truth that he's been speaking over those years god was watching him and now it is last year and this year god chose to reward him for his consistency how long have you known the lord that you are trying to give up because you have been faithful to god god has not been faithful to you so because of that you want to stop going to church christianity is not christianity is not for the weak minded christianity is not for enjoyment if you want to follow god you have to suffer for the truth that you believe in and a day is going to come that god is going to glorify himself in your life so don't give up on your faith because things are not going well the way you want it to go at the appointed time of god god will fix it for you as long as we continue to pray and trust him he will come in for us and he will he will heal us if i must boast versity if i must boast i will boast of the things that shows my weaknesses the god and the father of the lord jesus christ who is to be praised forever knows that i am not lying in damascus the governor under king aretas had the city of damas damascenes guarded in order to arrest me but i was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hand he ran away he ran he wanted to kill him he ran chapter 12 verse 1 we are going to read to verse 10 I must go on boasting although there is nothing to be gained I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether it was in the body or out of the body I do not know God knows and I know that this man whether in the body or apart from the body I do not know but God knows was caught up to paradise and had inexpressible things things that no one is permitted to tell i will boast about a man like that but i will not boast about myself he was talking about himself he had an encounter god took him to heaven and he saw things he had things in heaven he said if he, if he must boast he must boast, boast about that man not himself because I will be speaking the truth but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of this surpassingly great revelations therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of satan to torment me three times I pleaded with the lord to take it away from me But he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong." 
word of God is great. Paul, when he sees himself in hardship, he's happy. When he sees, sees himself in persecution, he's happy. Not to say God wants us to be in hardship. Not to say God wants us to be in suffering. But hardship, persecution, problem should not be the reason why we will lay down our cross and we go and seek alternatives. It is part of the journey. If you are holding on to the truth, you got to defend your truth. And people will fight you for holding the truth because you are a threat to them. The devil will fight you for holding the truth because you are a threat to him. This Christian journey is not a joke. It's not a joke. Anointing is not about praying for people and they are falling under anointing or you are performing miracles. Oh, we've all performed miracles. We are praying for people. God is answering. We've done deliverance. But that is not anointing. The real anointing is the altar that is built out of hardship, out of suffering, out of scars. That is where the real anointing comes from. It is the pain you go through as a man of God that that pushes you to be compassionate about people's soul. And it is compassion that makes the anointing to flow. It is compassion that makes the anointing to flow. Many men of God today, they don't have compassion. And they are the one on TV. They are the one on the airwaves. They are the one everywhere. I was having a discussion with one of my my person yesterday. We're talking about a man of God who was criticizing another man of God. And why he was using the scriptures to criticize the, the message of the man of God in his own background. There was a, a board where he has written prophecy prophecy consultancy fee or something. That's what the written means. Prophecy fee. One million Kenyan shillings. He is criticizing a man of God. So I told the person, I wish I'm there, I would have asked him a question. That that said, that thing in your background, please explain what it means. The prophecy, consultancy, something, something that is written in your background. What does it mean? Does it mean that... Uh, People are sowing seed before you prophesy to them. Does it mean that people are paying consultancy fee before you prophesy to them? Or it is a seed, it's a seed to solidify the prophecy. One million Kenya shillings. That's not small money. That's not small money at all. And the question if he says, oh, it's just a seed before prophecy is given to people. And the next question I will ask is that, sir, is that scripture? Jesus said, freely you have been given. Freely you should give. Sir, is that scripture? 
And these are the people that people love to go to because they assume the person have anointing, the person have power. We are in the end time. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith because of the little delays that you are going through. At the appointed time of God, as long as you continue to pray, you will not even know when God is going to answer your prayer. You won't know. Don't let anybody deceive you. You can't pay your way to any prophet for God to answer you. Yes, you can sow seed to challenge God. You can sow seed. There is nothing wrong in sowing seed. But that seed must be genuinely from your heart. Not that somebody forced you to do it. That somebody forced you to do it. If a man of God advised you that, oh, my brother, my sister, this situation that I'm looking at, there is need for you to sow a seed, to push, to challenge God. I do that sometimes. I I look at the situation. I say, oh, from experience, and based on what my spirit is telling me, this thing that is going on there is need for you to sow a seed go and look for at least three widows and sow a seed into their life go to the orphanage sow a seed into their life sometimes I tell somebody this seed you want to go and sow pray ask God where should should the seed go and the person will bring the seed back to the church so it has to be something that the person have that conviction that this is what the Lord wants me to do. Not like you are forcing the person. Come and raise altar. Come and raise altar. You must raise altar in your family. In order for you to raise the altar of breakthrough, bring 10,000 rand. Bring 100,000 naira. Bring 1 million Kenyan shillings. Bring 10,000 dollars thousand dollars come and sow a seed raise altar you can still raise altar yourself in your family without anybody telling you what to do unless if truly god had really really spoken god spoke that my son it's time for you to do this and he will confirm it to you before Maybe you might even see it first. You don't understand. Then you go to your pastor and then your pastor will interpret the dream. Oh, this is what God is saying. Oh. Go and do this. I'm not against seed. I'm not against vows and pledges and all that. But it has to be the newly done. It is my prayer that the faithfulness of God will continue to keep us going. Hold on to your faith very well. Don't let hardship, don't let persecution, don't let problems of life take it away from you. It is well with you in Jesus' name.
thanks for listening to today's message please share with your family and friends follow me on instagram at at underscore evans i'm also on tiktok at at underscore evans i'm on youtube at at evans missions see you in the next episode